right, welcome to Sunday night service, everybody. Let's make our way into the sanctuary. We are going to get started. It has been a long and busy weekend uh, for the HDWC family, but we appreciate the faithful being here with us tonight. Amen. And we're going to have a really good time in the Lord. And it is our fifth Sunday night. So on the fifth Sunday nights, we do communion together. So we will be partaking of communion together tonight. And anybody watching online at home could do that with us also. It's going to be a really, really awesome evening. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up together. And we are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America, and we're going to see America come to Jesus. We absolutely believe that. Amen. All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right, well, we'll get through some announcements here, and uh, who had a good time at Harvest Fest with us? Amen. That was an absolutely awesome, awesome night. And here in a few minutes, we're going to watch the recap video of that. But we'll get through our announcements real quick before we do that. So our construction is coming along. The bathrooms are really close to being done. We didn't quite make the uh, the deadline that we were shooting for, but we're believing that uh, we're going to get them done this coming week. So thank you, Jesus, for that. It's happening. And then they can take care of the nursery upstairs and the hallway, and the stage is coming along really, really well. So the goal is by the Thanksgiving service, which is just a few weeks away, uh, we're going to have the whole thing done. So keep your faith released on that with us. Amen. Uh, let's see. Young Adults is having a get-together on Friday night at 7. Uh, they're going to be doing a nacho buffet and some bingo and uh, having a good time. Rosalind is going to be teaching and, and sharing some of her testimony. And so that is for anyone age 18 to 30-ish. So come on out and have a good time with the young adults right there. The men's meeting is this Saturday at 9 a.m. Men, are we going to be there? Robert, me and you are going to have a great time, all right? Uh, how about everybody else come too, men? Come on, show up. It's going to be great. Uh, we have some, uh, the, the new, the new motto of our group is breakfast, Bibles, and bros, okay? Yeah, it, it came to me and I was like, that's just genius. Now, I don't know if that's going to stick or not, but personally, I think that's just the most incredible thing I've ever heard. So, breakfast, Bibles, and bros, come on out. And we're kind of doing a free-for-all pitch-in of uh, breakfast. So, uh, bring some stuff, some donuts, whatever, and we'll have a really awesome time. All right? This coming weekend is also significant because of the time change. And so, if you still party like it's the 1800s and use an alarm clock, uh, listen, make sure you set that thing back. Everybody else that uses their cell phones, you're good to go. You are good. To, you don't have to worry about it. It's great. So anyway, but uh, make sure you do set your time back or else what will that be? You'll show up to church early. And and I mean, for some people, that could be devastating because you're so used to being late every time that if you showed up early, I could just wreck you. So set your clock back. Amen. 
All right. Also, the women's meeting is Friday, the 11th of November at 6.30. So the food menu that week is uh, comfort food. So bring some comforting food to share. My wife said this morning to bring some healthy comfort food. And you couldn't hear me, but I did. I looked at her and I said, there's no such thing. That doesn't exist. They don't even make that. But, I mean, if you want to be healthy, you know, then bring whatever. But just know it probably won't comfort you. So uh, make sure you do that. And now the biggest and best thing. All right. One of the best things of the whole year. I'm not going to say the best, but definitely top three is the church Thanksgiving services coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear it for Thanksgiving. Come on. So uh, it's going to be Sunday. November the 20th, and it's a big pitch-in dinner, and everybody, we're, next week we'll have the sign-up sheet out, but everybody signs up to bring something. It is the biggest Thanksgiving feast that you've ever been to in your entire life. Hundreds of people eating Thanksgiving together. It's going to be really, really good, and it'll really be good because we'll have this section available also because we need all the space we can get. So anyway, that's coming up, and that's going to be a really, really one of the best days of the year, okay? Uh, also, the November devotional is out there on the info booth now, all right? So make sure you grab the printed copy of that, or if you just want to get it online, it'll be on the website this week. Um, and it'll also be on social media this week. So make sure you get that and follow along because it's been really cool uh, getting to study and read together all year long on this. Really, really cool. All right. I think that's all the announcements that I have for now. So who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers are going to get you one. Uh, We're going to turn in our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. I'm going to try that one more time. Proverbs chapter 10. All right. Come on now. (laughs) Thank you, Lawrence. That was was extra good. Lawrence is bringing it tonight, man. That's Amen. He brought his A game for the amens. I can say, you know, we've all been working at Harvest Fest and doing parades and stuff. So it's been quite the weekend, but... We've still got some excitement for the Word of God. Amen. So Proverbs 10, verse 22 in the NLT. I love this. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Imagine that. I mean, so many people would say, no, 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 no. It it does not. But hey, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. But here's the best part about it. And he adds no sorrow with it. No sorrow with it. Amen. Because we always point this out when we talk about this verse, but there's a lot of rich people. They've accumulated a lot of wealth, but they've also accumulated a lot of sorrow to go along with that wealth. And listen, when we do things God's way, he will see to it that you are blessed, that you are prosperous, but you don't have to have the sorrow and the regret and all the other things that it took to get there. God can bless you and you can have good, clean money, right? It doesn't have to be dirty and and, and evil and fought over and everything else. God's got a way to bless you, but you do it his way. And that starts with bringing him 10%, bringing the tithe that he talked about, and then also being a good, generous giver. God will take care of you and the blessing of the Lord. It makes a person rich. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. You know what? I forgot to do the Harvest Fest videos. Robert, why didn't you remind me? That's your fault. God, let's see. Okay. So what we're going to (laughs) do... No, what we're going to do is let's um, 
Tell you what, I'm, do, I'm doing an audible here. I feel like an NFL quarterback, just like I'm in the pocket and you're coming at me. What we're going to do is this, is let's do the faith confession, and then we're going to watch the Harvest Fest video, and then we'll get into praise and worship. How's that sound? Is that good? Can we do that? All right, all in favor, say aye. All right, we're going to do it. All right, so let's speak these words of faith, then we'll do the video, and then we're going to go ahead and do praise and worship. All right, so let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today... We believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right? If you got tithes and offerings, you can bring that up and then go back to your seat, and we're going to watch the video together, okay? And so, Douglas, go.
Well, let's all stand up if we can. We're going to go ahead and worship the Lord together a little bit tonight. Feel free to come up front to the altar or you can sing where you are, but let's just sing together. Jesus, Son of God, Son of Man, I call you Savior with nail scarred hands. You will be my son in the morning light, bringing redemption to my dark night. Beautiful surrender is where I want to be. I walk into your heart for all eternity. You come and take my hand, and you can lead the way you please. That beautiful surrender is chasing after me.
it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Let's just raise our hands for a minute to him tonight. Jesus, we love you. And Lord, we declare that you are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords. There is no one like you in heaven or earth. Jesus, you are the one and only. We love you so much. And we ask that you would be magnified and have your way in our midst tonight, Lord. And we know that the bigger and bigger that we let you into our lives, the more that you can do in our lives. We submit to you, Jesus. We love you. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we mentioned earlier tonight is the fifth Sunday night of the month. And on the fifth Sunday night, we do communion um, because we just want to make sure that all of our church family gets a chance to receive communion with us. Uh, we do it the first Sunday of every month, the first Sunday morning. But starting this year, we've been doing it on the third Wednesday night and the fifth Sunday night also. And so uh, I'm going to ask that we go ahead and start making our way up to get the elements from the guys. Jesse's on this side, so some people can go over there. Get the elements. You can go back to, to your spot, but don't be seated. Get the elements and then uh, just find a good place and we'll take communion here in just a minute.
I'm going to look for a minute here at 1 Corinthians 11. If you remember, in the summertime, uh, wait, no, it was the springtime, we did a, uh, a full-out uh, lesson and uh, Wednesday night study on the book of 1 Corinthians. We looked at pretty much every single verse in the entire book. And one thing, if you'll remember, is the Corinthians, they got into some trouble because they didn't take communion right. They were disrespectful. They fought over who was going to get more <laughs> more of, of the food. They, 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 uh, they didn't honor the name of the Lord in it. And they were getting themselves in some trouble. And so for us, we always like to remind you that you don't, you don't have to be a member of this church to take communion here. You just need to be a member of the family of God and, and have received Jesus. But there is definitely a right way and a wrong way to receive communion. And, uh, and so I just want to look at a verse, a couple of verses here. First Corinthians 11, uh, verse 27. It says, so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. And my goodness, I don't want to sin against anybody, but to literally sin against the blood of Jesus Christ, that is a very dangerous spot to put yourself in. And it says, verse 28, that is why you should examine yourself, or King James, judge yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And you know, there's the popular phrase, only God can judge me. Well, no, duh. And that's a dangerous spot to be in. That's nothing to brag about, man. And so that's not, that's nothing to celebrate right there. Uh, and so, uh, and verse 30 says, that is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. And so uh, before we take communion, we judge ourselves. We examine ourselves. And we say, you know, Lord, is there something I need to change? Show me and I'll do it. Is there, and, and I don't have to dig deep, I know. <laughs> I know when there's something that needs to change. And, uh, and so what we're going to do here is take just a minute to examine ourselves, judge ourselves, and if we need to talk to God, if we need to repent, let's do that right now. If we need to ask for help, maybe we're struggling with something, say, Jesus, I need your help. Help me. Help me to overcome this. But let's take just a minute here to examine ourselves and judge ourselves, and then we will take the communion.
Lord is good to us. I pray that we've been able to talk to him for a minute here and if there's anything we've needed to adjust or make changes to, this is the great time to do that. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so Jesus, we take this bread tonight and we realize that this is a symbol of your body that was broken for us. You were beaten so we could be healed, Lord. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon you. And so Jesus, we know that you did this to make us whole in every way. We receive this tonight in remembrance of you. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, we take this tonight, and we know that this is a symbol of your blood, the blood that washed us as white as snow, and, Lord, made the way for us to be in restoration and right with God so we can go to heaven. Our sins are forgiven because of your blood. We do this to remember you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. We love you and we praise you tonight. You are good and your mercy endures forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's uh, let's go ahead and give the Lord some praise together this evening. He is good all the time. All the time. Amen. Well, pastor is going to be delivering the word to us tonight. And I believe he's talking about covenants, right? Yeah. And so uh, this is really going to be a really good teaching. Let's pay attention to this. And uh, and it's going to go right in line with what we just did here. Amen. Amen. The Lord Amen. is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I, tell you, I love my church. <laughs> Amen. It's because of you, a lot of other people. But I'm... I'm just, I'm just kind of amazed at the change I've seen in lives over the years. I think about Ray Ray. Who's Ray Ray? When you know her, she was like that. She was Ray Ray. Now she really ought to. But I, I think about listening to her saying up there. Wasn't that sweet? Hey, man. And then, you know, I couldn't help but think about that. I was thinking about Tom. You don't, you don't, you don't see it. You don't see a lot of Tom, but I was thinking about Tom and like, uh, you know, the, the talks first Corinthians 12 about the body. He's, remember, the body's necessary. But some of them's not seen. But if they're not working right, then you know how necessary they were. I was thinking about COVID. People lost their sense of taste. How many ever every day go around thinking, God, oh, I got a sense of taste? Well, after COVID, you might. But, you know, people never thought about sense of taste. All of a sudden, they didn't have it. And then when it's working, they recognize how good it is. I think about Tom. And all he does back here, if this sound like that, I'd never think about Tom and the sound until something messes up. And then I look back at Tom. And then Tom always says, it's not my fault. <laughs> no, but let's give a hand for Tom. I just really, I, you know, we really appreciate things like that. We really appreciate it. You know, you just, when, when, when a person doesn't show up for work, you don't think you think about them until they're not there. 
you have to cover for them. They think, man, I really appreciate them. I want them back quick. Amen? Anyway, I just think about things like that as a pastor, but uh, just stay on standby, Josh, for that little course in a minute. But I want to show you a book out of the bookstore, Redeemed from, Redeemed from the Curse of Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death by Brother Hagen. Redeemed from the Curse of Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. And we had several of those in the bookstore, but I... After what I teach tonight, I think a lot of you will want to buy these. It's really, really, really something that uh, I just don't think we teach about enough. I've taught about it over the last 40-some years a few times, but I live in it. And there's things that I live in I just don't think about for teaching sometimes. But I've really been spending a lot of time in that the last few weeks in the Bible on that for my own life and different things. And I realized, wait a minute, I haven't taught on that for a few years. I need to hear this. And so this it's really, it's really simple faith things but when you get a hold of this in your heart this foundation was laid to me in the early 1980s when this was laid in my heart it's always lived there and to me when I go through things in life it's just like breathing I don't think about breathing I just do it amen it's just one of those things you do this comes out of my spirit all the time and I just realize wait a minute these guys need to hear this because some of them probably never have so tonight when when we get to it in just a minute uh, I challenge you to get out your pen or pencil. If you don't have anything else to write, write on a napkin or something. But write a few of these things down I'm going to say tonight because they can be life savers. Life savers for you in the future. I don't know if a lot of this generation has ever heard of a thing we used to call Murphy's Law. I know Ernest has heard of Murphy's Law. as back in our day a long time ago. Where's what? Oh, Robert probably heard of Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law... Murphy's Law is what they called, if it ain't go bad, it will. I remember my dad used to talk about me. My dad said, oh, burn has bad luck. My dad would say that, my car messed up or something. Have something going, oh, that burn has such bad luck. Well, I thought everything was a pot of luck until I got born again. Then I found out I had an enemy I never knew about. Then I found out I had a savior. They already set me free from the enemy. And then I found out that I had faith in my heart and a mouth to use it with. If I didn't use my faith through my mouth to walk in the victory he gave me, then I still had poor old burn. But no, I'm not poor old burn anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ and so are you. You've been redeemed from bad luck. Amen. There's no such thing as luck. There's a curse and there's a blessing. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you automatically get the blessing. You have to know what it is. You have to reach out and get it. But I asked Josh, we sang a song this morning uh, during the worship. And I realized, I thought, boy, I like that chorus. That's what I'm going to teach on. So I'm going to have him sing that tonight. Just uh, let's just, let's just, whatever you want to do, raise your hands, close your eyes, or just listen to these words that we're going to teach on them. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant and the faithful promises. And time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you said. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain 
steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come to pass great is your faithfulness to me great is your Unto the setting same I will praise your name and great is your faithfulness to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, I, I, I have prayed since the Lord gave this to me yesterday that the people in the church and watching online, we get a hold of these simple things I'm going to talk about. This is not just a run-of-the-mill, make you feel good, I'm glad I went to church thing. This is thing, this could save your life. It could save your prosperity. It could save your marriage. In the future, you see the things I'm going to talk about. And, uh, the title, I just, the best title I could, it's a little bit long, but if you're taking notes, uh, what are the blessings of Abraham? We sang the song, and the probably just words like any other song to you, but we sang the song. But what are the blessings of Abraham, and what is the curse of the law? What is the curse of the law? By by what you know, what you do about the things I'm going to teach could could determine your destiny on earth, uh, fulfilling divine destiny for your life. By what we look at, and then also the third part of this title is, what does this mean to Christians? What does this mean to Christians? What are the blessings of Abraham? What is the curse of the law? And what does this mean to Christians? So we're going to look in Galatians chapter 3, and we'll answer all those questions. But I'm going to keep it really simple. This is the kind of deep stuff that Hebrew, Greek scholars, people get in and tell you all kinds of things that I really think don't matter a whole lot except... Make them feel good because they know it and tell you they know it. But I just want to teach things to help Christians. You know, I determined a long time ago when I was 28 and a half years old, I got born again. Uh, back then, there was kind of a popular, popular saying when I was in high school and growing up. They got this thing and made signs and had protests. And they marched that sign and said, God is dead. God is dead. Used to see that on TV a lot. I was a heathen, so I didn't know he was ever alive or anything. So it didn't bother me if they wanted to say God is dead because I didn't know him. But anyway, uh, coming out of that time period, at 28 and a half years old, when I found out he was alive, it changed my life. When I found out that Jesus really was a real person, when I found out that Jesus really died for my sins, it changed my life. And I made the decision that everything I could do to live a good, clean, Christian life and walk with Jesus, I was going to do. And so this is one of the first first lessons that I learned and it seemed like back in those days, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, you probably know who those people are, my pastor, 
everybody was teaching on the curse of the law of the 80s about the blessing of Abraham. And I guess maybe got taught so much that everybody backed off. But anyway, this is real and it still works in my life. But Galatians chapter 3, I want to look at verse 9. I don't want to spend much time here, but the Lord just quickened me to something in my life that made it that much more real to me. Verse 9 said, Then they which be of faith... How many here are faith people? Well, say he's talking about me. They which be of faith are what? Blessed with who? Faithful Abraham. What's that song we're singing? Faithful Abraham. Well, when I was a truck driver back in the 80s, I had a Jewish delicatessen that started back in the uh, late 1800s. And it got pretty popular in Indianapolis. I used to love to go there and eat as a truck driver. And I had a little pocket New Testament I carried in my pocket. And I'd sit there reading my Bible while I was eating that Jewish food. And I remember one day, I remember, I remember the first round of Shapiro's died, and then their son took over, and they got old, and they died. And then they left it to a nephew. And I was sitting there reading my Bible, and I saw that verse. And right when I saw that verse, I looked up, and I saw the new owner, the one that inherited the business, up there. And all of a sudden, when I saw that verse, they which be of faith or blessed and faithful Abraham. And just as clear as I'm talking now, Jesus said to me, what did Mr. Shapiro do to get this business? <laughs> I mean, it took me off guard. I wasn't expecting Jesus to talk to me. I said, there. I said, what? And he said, he was born into the right family, and so are you. Woo! Man, I tell you, I've got the glory of God fall on me right now. This is powerful. And I was a solid Christian, doing some preaching already and things like that. But as I read these verses, because I know so many of you are like so many other Christians, you're trying to be good enough to be blessed. And you have a bad week, you have a bad month, or maybe you even backslid for a while or something. And then when you get back to God, the devil lets you know you're not good enough. Reminds you what a rat you are, how no good you are. Well, you know what? I wasn't a very good person before I got born again. I did a lot of bad things before I got born again. Then I got born again. And you know what happened? I changed families. What did I do to inherit the blessings of God? Nothing. I was born again into the right family. You get a hold of what I'm saying. God wants to help some people tonight. You're not who you used to be. This wasn't even my verse. i got to move on. But look at it again. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Say, I'm a faith person. I'm a faith person. person. So I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. Give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Now, I got three specific verses I want to get to, to get to the heart of what God wants you to get. I want to say it again. This is not a lesson that you hear and go home and then somebody says on Tuesday, did you guys have a good church service? Yeah, we had a good church service. Had one Sunday morning, Sunday night. Well, what they teach about? I don't know. I think they talked about God. <laughs> hey, man, no, we're talking about things that will save your life. When you see the verses I'm going to look at, you'll see what I'm talking about. Galatians 3.13 says this, Christ has redeemed us and in my Bible, a lot of times, I write me. Not just us, but I take it personal. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for me. 
For it is written, and we'll look at this in a minute, the written part. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why is that? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. We're Gentiles. But the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. How? Through Jesus Christ. How many here had Jesus Christ living in them? Well, he says that you qualify for the blessings of Abraham then. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And we're going to see that that's talking about more than the promise of the Holy Spirit, but more accurately, it's talking about the Holy Spirit making some promises to Abraham. And guess what? Because that blessing comes on us through Jesus Christ, then those promises were made to us that he made to Abraham. Now jump over to verse 29. And I'll say this in advance. If this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. If you be Christ, how many here belong to Christ? Then what are you? You're Abraham's seed. And what are you? Heirs according to the promise. Because you're Christ, you are Abraham's seed. Now heirs according to the promise. Now I'm going to give you a statement to write down. And you know, I don't know how many times I can say it. I guess because I'm a big note taker. I hope you're writing this down. Brother Hagin said this years ago, and I always write in my Bible in these verses right here. It helps me get clarity of what's going on because we run into religious people that always want to take pages out of the Bible. And so what Brother Hagin said about this, what I'm saying is exactly what we just read. It's in the Bible. It says this, <clears throat> we are not Abraham's physical seed. I know I was not born into this earth as a Jew. I am not Abraham's physical seed, but... By being born again, I am his spiritual seed. I'm his faith seed. You know, I, I, I still know this may not mean a whole lot to some of you. But if you just listen, be serious, it might be the middle of the night next week, all of a sudden you wake up in bed and you go, Glory to God! Did you see that? And you'll get it. The light lit up. Okay, I want to say it again. We are not Abraham's physical seed, but by being born again, we are his spiritual seed. Isn't that what this says? We're Abraham's spiritual seed. That's why we sing songs like that, the covenant of Abraham. It belongs to me. The blessing belongs to me. I'm his faith seed. You're Abraham's spiritual seed through Jesus Christ. You're his faith seed. And so... uh, we're going to answer these three questions now as we move on. Uh, what is the curse of the law that we're redeemed from? We're going to answer that real simply right out of the Bible. You've got to know, you've got to know what Satan has no right to put on you anymore because you've been bought back. You know, I don't, uh, they don't do pop bottles like they used to. The California, they did pop bottles. They did soda out here, but I still do pop. But anyway, that's just me talking. Back, back when I was growing up, and I know that probably for Ernest and Robert and for sure, Frank, some of the old guys. He likes to brag about he's got age on me, okay? Now, I know Ernest does, but that's okay. He doesn't brag that much. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying, anybody that was alive back in the 50s and the 60s, they did not have throwaway bottles. You bought your milk in glass jugs, and you had to take the jugs back. And I like to take the jugs back if I found one because it was worth a quarter. 
Add, 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 add the pop bottles, which you call soda bottles, which you probably don't know what the bottles are anyway. They wasn't plastic, they're glass. Well, Barbie, yes, yeah, in those days, she probably had her shopping cart. She probably had her shopping cart filled with bottles. What everybody did, they had. You, you, you'd buy pop in little cartons with six bottles in it, and everybody saved their pop bottles because they're worth a penny. Hey man, you, well, you buy a lot back then. Stamps were about two cents, so you know you buy a lot of stuff with those pennies. And so, whenever we went to the store, we had to make sure we gathered up all the pop bottles. Mom and everybody else tried to find cartons, and you had to put them in your car, go to the supermarket, and you'd put them in a shopping cart. And they had a lady inside the front door, in a special little booth. You come in, she count your bottles. Then they give you a little piece of paper, and you take it to the cash register, you get the money back, and that was called redeemed. We had the bottles for a while, but then when they bought them back, they were redeemed. We didn't have many more been redeemed. Satan had the human race for a while. Jesus Christ bought us back. We've been redeemed. We don't belong to the devil anymore. He has no right to put his curse on us anymore unless we let him. Now, if you want to keep old dirty pop bottles, put all in it or something, lose a penny, that was your business. I mean, people put stuff in the bottle sometimes and didn't use it because that's all they had. But it's a whole lot better to get them cleaned up and get them redeemed. Amen. Stay dirty if you want to, but Jesus cleans you up. Well, that's good preaching, Pastor. I like that too. Amen. So what is the curse of the law we're redeemed from? And what is the blessing of Abraham? Now look at this, that the Holy Spirit promises and receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I want to say something again about faith so people get this because, you know, I'm, I'm such a strong person in faith teaching that when I see words automatically, I mean, to me, they just resonate what it means. You know, a lot of people think faith is, oh, if I just attain to this level of faith, oh, more faith, more faith, more faith. Faith doesn't come by wishing for it. Faith doesn't come by praying for it. Romans 10:17 says, if you're going to receive the promises of God by faith, Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. That's the only way you get it. So you'll never know what you're redeemed from unless you hear about them from the word of God, unless you yourself get into it and look at them. Amen. Receive the promises by faith. And then number two, in Hebrews 10, 23, Jesus said, let's hold fast the confession of our faith. So unless you talk about it, It'll never come to pass. You could hear about it, but if you don't talk about the promises, you won't get them. And then James one twenty two, another aspect of faith, but be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so when it says receive these promises by faith, three things you got to live by. Number one, be a consistent hearer of the word. Number two, no matter what it looks like in life, confess what the word says, confess the promises. And then number three, do what you know to do, your actions to match up with what you're saying. Why is that so important I'm saying this? Because I'm teaching on what you're redeemed from, the blessings belong to you, and he says right here, you receive them by faith. And so if you don't use your faith, and you end up crashing in life, never have what God says you can have, then you're going to go through life, and you're going to look at a guy like Raymond, and you're going to say, 
Oh, I just have such bad luck. That poor old me, but Raymond, he's got it all. Why is everything so good for Raymond? Why God bless him? I'm still under the Murphy's Law. No, he used to be there too. He chose not to live there anymore. Amen. Man, I, <laughs> I think about one day I had an old 1960-something Renault. Anybody remember the Renaults? I had a Renault, and I had a friend, and uh, we had some bad streets. I can't believe it. <laughs> I was getting close to this. I was just on the way to visit him anyway. I hit a big hole in the road, and I blew out my left front tire. And I said, I'm going to say, hey, Matt, can you help me? I said, I, I said, I said, I got a flat tire. He looked at me, and my back tire was going down. He said, Murphy's Law, Bernie, look at that. There goes the other one. <laughs> I thought, and I didn't know any better after that. I always thought I had the Murphy's Law curse. Anyway, has anybody ever been there, been through anything like that? Praise God, I don't have that Murphy's Law anymore. Man, I got good tars and I'm blessed. God protects them. And so anyway, uh, and then we got to see what belongs to us so we in our daily life by faith receive it. But I want, I want to now look at this first part here. He says in verse 13, that is written, curses everyone that hangeth on a tree. Do you see that? Okay, now go to Deuteronomy chapter 21. Now we're going to look at verse 22 and 23. And, you know, if you catch your neighbor going to sleep beside you or dozing out, God forbid looking at a goofy cell phone. But anyway, if somebody's checking out right now, uh, you, you've got their permission to pinch them because they don't want to lose out on this. I'm serious. You, you've, you've got to stay alert right now because this is life changing. Deuteronomy 21, verse 22 and 23. Okay, now this one begins to, Moses is telling about some things going on that God's wanting to do for them. And so as verse 22 says, If a man have committed sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree. Well, when Jesus came, they were crucified and hanging him on a cross. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, on the cross, but thou shalt, remember Jesus at sundown, they said, get him off the cross. This is why. It says, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For look at this. He that is hanged is accursed of God. Hung on the cross is a curse. Pastor Dave this morning talked about the cross. And what a horrible thing that is. And, you know, nothing we can say in our modern times. Everybody likes to go around wearing gas chambers on their necks and stuff. And I'm not saying anything wrong with that. That's good rep- representing Christianity and everything. But need to know what the gas chamber, chamber represents. The electric chair. That's what the cross was. That was their electric chair for the worst criminals. And, you know, I, I hope I'm not sounding abusive about the cross. I mean, I know it's a, it's a nice thing. We'll be pretty to that. But what would you think if people now with lethal injection walk around with a big old picture of somebody laying on a table like that getting the lethal injection? That's what it represented. So for our, for our sakes as Christians, don't throw away your crosses. They're pretty and nice to look at. But as Christians, we really got to know from the Bible what it was all about. And so he said... Accursed is he that is of God is he that hangs on the tree on the cross. And so Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He became a curse for us. And so talk about this sins worthy of death. 
How many do know that when Adam and Eve turned things over to the devil, they turned the human race over to the devil? And so we were born into this sin. We didn't do it, but we were doomed to pay the penalty for it. And so when Jesus came and he was hung on the cross, he was accursed. He became cursed with the curse we had on the cross. He took our spiritual death on the cross. And so the number one thing, the number one thing, the most important thing is, we don't get to go to heaven because we're born into the right earth family. We don't go to heaven because we don't hurt old ladies anymore or whatever. I remember one time when I was a mean truck driver, going through the divorce, had this old woman deliver a bunch of encyclopedias. Then I was going through some bad court cases. I was staying high and stupid, and an old woman would bring him out, kicked him off her parking lot, and drove out of the parking lot. But that guy died. I was hurting in life so bad, saw my kids taken away, going through things I hated life. I hated me. I hated everybody. That didn't make any difference. I called my boss in. said, hey, this old woman just called on, called in on you, man. Go pick her books up. I said, no, she already signed the paperwork. They're hers now. He said, well, that's your mom. I said, too bad. Can you believe I was that mean? I wasn't that mean, really. But I was hurting in life. But when I become a born-again Christian, I learned that when people were mean and snappy in stores or wherever I was at, I always, the first thing I always thought is, man, what are they going through? Something really bothers these people. So instead of retaliating, I didn't, I didn't have the hate of the devil in me. And I had the love of Christ. Can you see what I'm saying? Does that help anybody to be able to look at life how it is? I was living under a curse and I didn't know it, but praise God, I become a born again Christian and I don't, I don't, I don't get to go to heaven because I do good things for old ladies now. I go to heaven because Jesus became cursed for me. Spiritual death is not in me. Jesus took that. That's the number one blessing. But there's so much more to it than that. And so, Christ become a curse for us. And so I want you to look at Deuteronomy 28. And this is where we're going to camp out at. And this is a chapter that you really, you really need to get a hold of. I think about a, uh, a man, I'm not sure if he's Jewish or not. But when the Iron Curtain fell, he got to preach in our church, and he was one of the people at the Kremlin got to lay hands on the new new Russian Constitution and pray with them. And he'd spent a lot of time in Russia. He's in heaven now. His name was Dave Esla. But when he was preaching in my church, he said for the Jewish people, you know, I know our one Jew I know about for sure is on a train right now going back to Arizona, but, she, but uh, I, I talked about uh, Jackie's mom. But... Jamie, Jamie, Jamie's mom. But uh, he said, and I don't know these things, but here's what he said. He said for this bar mitzvah that these young Jewish boys do, he said they have to be able to quote Deuteronomy 28 blessings forwards and backwards and inside out or they don't get to become a full, I don't know what the word is. I say it's all due respect, certified Jew. You know, whatever the word would be to be able to get the little hat and those things. said they have to know this. And then I had another friend that uh, he was operating under Jewish principles. As a matter of fact, he financed our first church, did a lot for us, and he made good business deals. He owned hundreds of houses, and a lot of times the church needed to do something, he'd sell a house. And they put a tithe in to do what we need to do. But anyway, he told me, he said, Pastor, you know the Jewish lullaby, don't you? And I said, what's the Jewish lullaby? He said, well, when we're sleeping, our mom sings, 
Buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. Well, I said that to say this. No, no, this, this, this all stuff's all sound funny, but I'm anointed right now telling you some things. And so Dave Eslow told us that these first uh, 14, 15 verses here, if those Jewish boys did not know these, they didn't get their hat. They didn't get to be that. And so we as Christians, these first verses are called the blessing of Abraham. And when you as a Christian get these verses in your heart, it'll change your life forever. Forever, forever, forever. And a lot of times, I don't think about it unconsciously. When some of you ask me on Sunday morning, we'll say, Hey, Pastor, I know I said, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. I'm the head, not the tail. This is where it comes from. This is what God said. Do you remember that Paul said that you might receive the promise of the Spirit? Here's what the Holy Spirit had written here. Verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And I, I want to say something so we get this part. I know years ago there was a religious preacher debating me about, well, you, you're not a Jew. How can you say that belongs to you? I said, well, the Bible says it. says right here, I'm Abraham's seed through Jesus Christ. And so he said, yeah, but you're not perfect. Well, it took me a while for I learned how this works. Jesus was perfect. I received these blessings because he hearkened to all the commandments. He never missed it. He did it all. I do the best I can do in everyday life, but I never come to the Father in the name of Bernie because I did some good this week. I've never had a perfect week in my Christian life. I've never had a perfect day in my Christian life. I always do live, live a good, clean, holy life the best I know how. But it says these blessings come on the one that hearkens to all the commandments. And always does right. Well, Jesus Christ did that. And so that's what I pray. I don't come in my name. I come in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus received the blessings. It said, because I'm in him, they belong to me. Does this, does this, do you get this? This is really, really life changing. It says, uh, set us on high. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. This belongs to you. This belongs to me. Man, let's start getting our inheritance right. Let's get this thing. Man, do you, do you think a billionaire Jew cares about $25 a gallon gas? Do you think they care about how high the light bill is? Do you think they care how much a gallon of milk costs now? Man, we got an inheritance. Amen, all these blessings. Now look at this. Blessed, and by the way, uh, when I was in Bible school, they taught us our, the, the law of first mention. The first time something's mentioned in the Bible, that's the definition, the meaning for the whole Bible. In the book of Genesis, when he told Adam he was blessed, that word blessed means empowered to prosper. Empowered to prosper. So when those young Jewish boys are studying this Pentateuch and they see that, then they automatically know I'm empowered to prosper everywhere I go. I'm empowered to prosper. And, you know, I remember in Indianapolis, we had, we had uh, on the south side after World War II, we had a lot of Jewish people come in Indianapolis. And I remember the Shapiro's neighborhood as a young kid growing up from uh, the Jew- Jewish people. 
I said, with all due respect, they had a say back there, man, that once you come in, they'll take over the neighborhood. And I'm not saying it in a racist way at all. It's the fact they thought we got a call from God to get rich. And they came in. I saw, I saw them by the apartment buildings. I saw them by the restaurants. I saw them by the bakery. I saw them by the warehouses there. And that whole area up there is all the Shapiro's now. They came out to work. You know, they got it. They took it. Because you know why? They knew in their heart, I got a commandment from God, and I'm empowered to prosper because I'm Abraham's seed. What would happen if a fraction of the body of Christ got a hold of that? What, if, what would happen if we really believed, well, I'm going to read the Bible, not religious preachers, say God doesn't want me to have anything. I'm going to start believing the Bible. says God wants me to have good things and abundance of things. And this wasn't at all where I wanted to go. I got a whole different direction, but we're here, so we'll get to live here now. Okay, now look at this. Blessed and powered to prosper shall be this, shall thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. As to whether you live in the city or you live in the desert, God says you're empowered to prosper where you are. Amen. Okay, it says, empowered to prosper shall be the fruit of thy body. You know what the fruit of your body is? That's your children. Your kids are called to prosper. Amen. And the fruit of thy ground, fruit of thy cattle, etc., etc. Blessed and pardoned to prosper shall be thy basket and thy store. And you know, I like what I heard a man say years ago. Your basket is your everyday finances used to live daily on your checking account, your money you use. And your store, he talks about storehouses, that's your savings and your investments. God wants your savings. He wants you to have savings. He wants you to have investments. He wants you to have money out there so he can bless it. Amen. God wants you blessed. So we can go down through and, and see a lot of those things. I mean, get to verse 8. You know, we just go through so many things. Let me just read some things fast so I can get, get a little bit further along here. Okay. Uh, verse 6. You're blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and before, flee before thee seven ways. I'll tell you what, the devil tries to, talk, tries to attack my pocketbook. I say, devil, you're going seven different directions because I'm empowered to prosper. Amen. My wealth is here and you can't have it because I'm redeemed. Amen. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all thou sittest thy hand unto. In all thy sittest thy hand unto. Amen. Alex, keep on running those cameras and doing all that stuff you're doing. All that technical stuff, he's blessing what you're setting your hand to. You're on a good course. Amen. It says, all it says, he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And verse 10, and all the people are there. Now listen, verse 10 will show you why real Christians and Jews are so feared by the people of the world. And all the people are there shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. They shall be afraid of thee. They shall see. And you know how they see it? When you're walking in the covenant. Do you know that uh, people that are barely getting along don't catch a lot of attention? You get a preacher, live in a good house, in a good neighborhood, driving a nice car, and the first thing that he would think is, he's stealing from those people. You know why? Because the devil lies to them and afraid of them. You see a lawyer 
or a doctor in a big house with a nice car, they don't think, well, he's still from all those patients. He's still from his clients. It only happens for Christians. But you know what? Well, I remember. I remember one time. God blessed me with a nice Lincoln Town car back in Indiana. Had a really nice town car. And they started expanding part of the area down there. And there was a great big house started building on a hillway up there on the highway. And everybody talked about, who's that big house for? And I remember one day was driving past there. I looked over at Mrs. Pastor. I said, that must be some rich lawyer doctor. Man, you know what God said to me? Why can't that be some rich preacher? I mean, man, that just shook me in my boots. I thought, yeah, why does it always have to be a rich somebody else? Why can't it be a rich preacher? Why can't it be a rich Christian? If God says we're empowered to prosper, you know, we're not controlled by wealth. But if we're called by God to prosper, it's so nice. If there's something hit somewhere, they can reach in your pocket or go to your bank account and say, I want to give $10,000 to help those people. Isn't that what Jesus would do? What did Jesus do with Judas? Judas carried the money. Why did he do that? Because Jesus liked to help people. So why shouldn't we as Christians be the ones that put a hand in instead of needing the hand out all the time? And you know what? When the Christians are able to be the givers like that, then these people will be more afraid of us because they're going to know they can't control us anymore like they used to. Man, what a sermon. This wasn't what I was doing tonight. Wow. So that stuff's all really, really, really good. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get to that other. <laughs> and the Lord shall make thee plenteous and goods. In the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, and the lambs he gives you. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain of land and it is season to bless all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend, and thou shalt not borrow. Thou shalt lend in many days, thou shalt not borrow. Thou shalt lend, and shalt not borrow. Well, I remember 30-some years ago, when I thought I was walking some pretty good stuff, and then the Lord really got a hold of me back then, how to walk with me to walk in, spoke to me one day, I was, I was meditating on this, because I heard it preached a lot, and things like that, and I was like, probably some you might live this way now. I got delivered of it. But anyway, I had my pocket full of cards and all that kind of stuff. And in trouble all the time, all the time, trying to make the payments. And, uh, you know, I was one of those guys that said, look what the Lord blessed me with for my car. Until I couldn't pay for it. And then it looked like the Lord didn't bless me with it. <laughs> it must have been me. Anyway, the Lord made this statement to me. You might want to write this down if any of this is resonating with you. He said, Thou shalt lend unto many nations, shall not borrow. And this this really revolutionized my life. He said, What's the first step to being a lender? And I said, What? And I heard this ring loud in my heart. Stop marlin! If you think everything you do has to be on borrowed money, then you're never going to be the one that lends the money. Because you're the one borrowing the money. If everything you do has to be What's in your pocket? Or how much are the payments? How much are the payments? Uh, how about cash? I remember that a couple of weeks ago, something Mr. Pastor went out to the antique store. So 
uh, I say this humbly, I stuck a pocket of $100 bills down and asked the lady what she wanted. And I pulled up my money and said, well, what about cash? You want to mess with it? I'll just give you cash. So we saved a couple hundred dollars. But I could have put it on a card and paid for it for a couple of years and paid twice what they were asking. But cash talks. Hey, man, I can't believe I'm preaching this. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. For the times we live in, let's step a little deeper into our covenant. Christ redeemed us from the curse of poverty and lack. And that's not even what I was going to teach on. But glory to God, I know it's got to be good for everybody. It is good. So anyway, those first 14 verses tells the blessings. And here's what I really want to get to, to I think it really helps. Because that first part really helps, I know. But verses 15 through 68, the whole rest of the chapter, tells us the curses that's on the human race. Tells us the curses that are out there that Christ redeemed us from that we don't have to have anymore. As we get to verse 15, he says, but, remember, but means, now here's just the opposite. Okay, those first 14 verses tell you the blessings for obedience. Now here's the curse for disobedience for rejecting God. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Well, those blessings, it says, starting off with, overtake you. I want to be overtook by the blessings, not the curses. Add all the curses I want. Man, I tell you what, I live there, and I'm glad I'm not there anymore. Can you imagine this beautiful hunk of a man up here right now, that when he was 16 years old, the police said he was dead in a drunken accident. And this guy that lives in here, that's born again now, was dead body, was 16-year-old drunken Bernie Samples. Like a lot of stupid young guys back in the Midwest back then, I had a great big car. Had a lot of stupid. Had a lot of beer. Had a rear end of somebody at a traffic light. I had a 390 police interceptor engine that come through the dashboard and got me. They called for the coroner. But thank God for Baptist grandmas. Had one Christian in my family. <laughs> Grandma Price prayed me off that deathbed. I came out of there. And so I want to say again, I tried the curse. It's no good. It really is a curse. And you know what happens when 16-year-old boys that have rejected Christ die where they go? Man, I better not go there too far. That's too scary. I've thought about that so many times. And like that rich man in Lazarus, I'd be like that rich man. I'd still be crying out. I'd still be crying out to get out, but I couldn't. And, you know, this stuff is so real. We are redeemed. We are redeemed from that curse. And so he looks through here. And you go down through here. And there's so many things. You see, I'm just going to go through here and cherry pick some things. And then I'll show you how to put this into action in your life so you can live under the blessing. Verse 16, Cursed shall thou be in the city, cursed shall thou be in the field. You know what that is? That's the person, no matter where they live at, they have bad luck. They're always mad at the landlord. They're always mad at the neighbors. They don't like anything about anything. You know why? Because they're under curse. 
It says, Cursed shall be thy basket of thy store. That's like the song. They used to have a song back in the 50s that uh, I know Frank remembers that somebody else might. Do you remember the song, Frank? Oh, my bucket's got a hole in it. <laughs> Robert, you remember that one? That's okay. That, that's before Robert. Ernest, do you remember that song? He, he remembered. We got, we got a few old guys in here. But no, there was a song. And have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed the songs from back then that a lot of people that don't know anything about anything like it? I hope Christians don't like them anymore. I gotta watch it because I'm trying to come back into my head. My bucket doesn't have a hole in it. I don't have buckets anymore anyway. I have wash tubs, man. I went bigger. <laughs> and you know what else? Uh, I, I don't have it. I'm so lonesome I could cry. Have you ever listened to any of those songs? I used to be a Hank fan. I used to be a Hank fan. I went down to the river to watch the fish swim by. I got down to the river and the daggone river was dry. I remember those stupid songs. Well, you know what those are? I don't know what the modern songs are. I'm preaching real good now. I'm helping people. I'm helping people. That stuff is the curse. And if you listen to songs that put out curses, and you sing songs that put out curses, what's your faith going to be in? You're going to expect the river to be dry. You're going to expect divorce. You're going to expect wayward children. You're going to expect to lose your job. You're going to expect that your car is going to die. You're going to expect those things to happen. You're going to expect the shelves to be empty where you go. That's what you're going to expect. I learned to use my faith for those shelves. Keep on going, Pastor. Yeah. No, I, I, this stuff, this stuff has saved my life for nearly 43 years now. That is that good. That's the way, all those curses there. And then you get over here. I want to get to the sick part because that's part of what I help people with. You get over here to see things like his verse 22. The curse. For disobedience and, and rejecting God's ways, the Lord shall smite thee with consumption. That's tuberculosis and with a fever, inflammation, extreme burning, and all those things there. That's talking about respiratory illnesses. That's talking about COVID. That's talking about things. That's the curse. That's the absolute curse. I've been redeemed from COVID, tuberculosis, asthma, allergies, respiratory diseases. Why is that? Because Christ gave a curse for me so the blessing of Abraham can come on me. You're redeemed from respiratory diseases. You're redeemed from cancer. You're redeemed from sickness and disease. Verse 27. It says that the Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt. And it says in Hebrew that's boils and tumors. And with the emeroids and with the scab, and with the itch, which can't be healed. That's all skin diseases. All skin diseases, boils, leprosy, all those things are a curse. We're redeemed from the curse. We do not have to have those. And then, verse 28, The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And it says in Hebrew, that means confusion. Old men and old women, we don't have to have dementia. 
We don't have to have Alzheimer's. I'll tell you what. I look at, I look at some of our older people of the land, and President Trump's one of them. Have you ever seen a person like, well, Dr. Barclay buys me a lot too. These, these older guys sleep four hours a night, work all day long, and Dr. Barclay's like President Trump. They hit all these time zones, do all they do, they land on their feet, and they're just as sharp as a tack. Do what they do. You know what? They've got a hold of some things. We may be getting older, but we'd have to get old. Let that sink in. In other words, Second Corinthians four sixteen says, Though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. And so it says that's a curse to live confused lives. And this would meant a lot to me years ago, verse thirty two. See, I'm telling you, these things here will save your lives. It says, Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fell with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. And look at verse 41, because that's the things I stood on years ago for my kids. Thou shalt begat sons and daughters, but shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. Now let me tell you how to take that for your lives. In modern days, there's a lot of people that are Christians now, did dumb things, made bad decisions. Now you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now... You're like that young Mr. Shapiro. What did he do to get that business? Nothing. He was born to the right family. God can turn around your family situation. I want to say that again. When I went through bad things in early life and lost my kids and things happened, I wasn't the same person now. I've become a born-again Christian. Then I found out that I was redeemed from crying out to get to see my kids. I told you this was in every area of life. And so you need to start claiming your redemption. And, uh, you know, I, I look through here, and there's a lot of verses that talks about not having your wife, somebody else having your wife, and that means your husband, and things like that. You're redeemed. You're redeemed from a goofy marriage. And so do your homework. Go through these verses here, and look what he says about husbands and wives and what a curse it is for that marriage not to work. You're redeemed from that. It's the will of God for those blessings to be yours. But anyway, he goes through here talks about a lot of sicknesses, a lot of different things there. And I want you to get to verse 61, because this is where I want to end up at. Because he does list a lot of sicknesses and diseases, and then in case uh, you didn't see COVID in there, or any of these modern diseases, or AIDS... Also, every sickness and every plague, which means diseases, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. So that means whatever it is, whatever it is, tries to take your life. He says, even if it's not written in here, it's a curse. It's a curse. I'm going to go back to Galatians 3 to close this now. And I want you to see this. And I'll show you what I've walked in pretty much all my Christian life. And if you, and because I've been doing this for all these years, to me this is just easy as going to bed and getting up. It's just part of it. It's inbred in me and it can't be stolen from me. But for your life, 
If you will start now what I started doing in 1980 and start getting serious, writing verses like this down on cards, I still carry my little notebook. I still write them down. I still do the same thing I've been doing for 43 years. Write these things down. Get your Bible out. And in modern times, uh, with the dumb phones, well, I call them dumb because mine tries to change things all the time and everything else, so that's, that's dumb. It's a trick phone. But anyway, they steal so much of your time. I got the habit years ago, probably after I first came to California, I was at a missions conference, and I sat there looking at Fox News and looking at Facebook. And right there at that conference, I thought, what am I doing? I'm here in this holy place. I got these missionaries from around the world. We're for the anointing of God. I took Facebook, and I took Fox News off my thing, and I, I don't have them on there now. I don't do it. I realize these things are just sucker punches. Man, they're still in my faith. They're still in my time, still in my life. At nighttime, when I go to bed, I shut it off, and I put it up. There's no way I'm going to have some big, big, big come through here tonight and steal me from thinking about Jesus in my sleep. So what I'm saying, the things I'm teaching you, get real about it. It can save your life. So Galatians 3, Christ has redeemed us, verse 13. Are we on the screen yet? 3.13. <clears throat> okay, Christ has redeemed us, and you need to make that first person. You, if you haven't done it in your Bible yet, you need to put yellow through it, red through it, whatever it is you do to mark it, put a red line around it, stars or something, so you find this easy. And then start saying, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And then start saying what something is. Christ has redeemed me from the poverty. He's redeemed me from the lack. If you're being hit with a specific sickness, I've always used it this way. Get a hold of this. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. At Deuteronomy 28.61 says every sickness, every disease is a curse. So I'm an older man. So I say in the name of Jesus, I have been redeemed from prostate things. Amen. Amen. That's a curse to get older and your stuff mess up. Talk about your body parts, whatever, your stomach, breathing, head, anything. Anything you're being hit with, Deuteronomy 2861 says every sickness, every disease is a curse. And so you look at this verse right here. And you say, Father, I want to thank you. Galatians 313 says Christ took that curse of cancer. Christ took that curse of high blood pressure. Christ took that curse of diabetes. Christ took that curse of infertility. Christ took that curse of barrenness. Christ took that for me. I want to thank you, Lord. You said the blessing of Abraham be on me. And you said I'm to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. And Lord, you said my seed is blessed. Well, I can't have blessed seed unless I have seed. So I want to thank you, Lord, for the fruitful womb. I want to thank you, Lord, for the... Man part being right. I want to thank you, Lord. I'm redeemed. And so, can you see what I'm saying? This is real. This is not theory. This is not good preaching. This is Bible telling the truth to men and women of God, men and women of faith, so they can have what Jesus has for them. Christ redeemed me from the curse of blood cancer. Christ redeemed me from the curse of heart failure. I'm redeemed from those. Christ took that for me. 
Glory to God for normal, normal, normal. For it is written, Curse to everyone that hangeth on a tree. And one more time, get this here, verse 14. Why? So the blessing of Abraham could come on, uh, could come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That means that we're Abraham's spiritual seed. Verse 29, I love it, and I talk verse 29 out loud unconsciously all the time. All the time, I hear this come out of me in my prayers. If you be Christ in your Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. And so I'm telling you right now, when you hear that song about the blessing of Abraham, and you hear people talk about Abraham and blessings, don't let it just blow past you. Just stop and think about that. If you said it about Abraham, you said it about me. If it belonged to Abraham, it belongs to me. Amen. Glory to God. All right, that's done. We close it down. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Pastor Dave. Amen. You're healed because you're Abraham's seed. Amen. I believe Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. What a good teaching for us. And uh, there, there's so much there uh, for us to dig into and, and receive. But you need to get familiar with the blessings, amen, of Abraham. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll take a few minutes here. We'll let Josh lead us in some worship. But let's have our prayer team come on up tonight. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you in agreement and, and see the Lord work in your life and on your behalf. And let's just uh, let's take a minute, though, tonight to, to worship and give God thanks for what he's done. Amen. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, and he'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the my hope and firm foundation He'll never let me down He'll never let me down Great is your faithfulness to me Great is your faithfulness Sun to the setting same I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to me. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the Hope and firm foundation He'll never let me down I put my faith in Jesus My anchor to the ground My hope and firm foundation He'll never let me down No, He'll Faithfulness to me, 
faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me great is your faithfulness to me great is your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me great is your faithfulness had a good time together tonight, man. What a weekend all together between Harvest Fest and everything else. It has been an awesome time. And so uh, we remind you there's lots of good stuff coming up in the in the coming time. And so uh, just stay tuned over the holiday stuff and everything else. Uh, young adults Friday night, men's meeting on Saturday morning. So men, come on out. Let's spend some time together and, uh, and get stronger in the Lord. And then church next Sunday is going to be absolutely awesome as we bring in the month of November. Amen. Let's pray, and then we'll go ahead and speak some faith over Barstow tonight. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in your word tonight. And, Lord, we know that it's true, Lord, that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And now the blessing of Abraham is ours, Lord. And we thank you. We're going to walk in that, and we're going to walk in our redemption. We love you, and we ask that you would use us this week. Let us be the light of the world everywhere we go. We give you the praise for Harvest Fest and everything else that's happened, Lord. You are so good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's speak some faith over Barstow tonight. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. 
Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday.